Welcome to the Who Needs Instructions podcast, the podcast that wants to get men talking. So welcome along to a very special edition, and I'm saying that because it's a face-to-face interview of the Who Needs Instructions podcast. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Dr. Vicky Barnes. Hello. Hello, Matt. Nice to see you. And it is literally face-to-face. I know, nice how exciting. Now, I'm going to make a small apology straight away because we're in a room which is very kind of flat walls and not very much soft furnishings. So a bit echoey, but hopefully that won't put you off listening to the podcast because I have a phenomenal guest and well worth listening to. Now, just to set the scene then, uh, I'm asking you to just kind of tell me a little bit about who you are, your brief career history, because I'm sure you're very modest and don't want to tell us everything. But yeah, so so... Tell us a bit about your career so far and what it is that you do, please. Of course. I am a clinical psychologist specialising in positive psychology for organisations. So my background is over 10 years in the NHS, working with patients with uh, varying mental health difficulties. And then I worked for Virgin for a few years on a big staff wellbeing project, a national staff wellbeing project. And now I have my own business, which is called Positive Wellbeing, which has been uh, just over two years now. And I work with organisations across lots of different industries who want to put their people first and make sure that their staff are happy. Fantastic. So you've done, well, you're a psychologist, you're a doctor, first doctor on the podcast as well. Oh, wow. (laughs) I think that's true. Yeah, I'm sure it's true. Uh, I'd remember. So you've worked in the NHS... But you've also worked in the corporate sector as well. Yeah. How are they different in terms of you know your approach to it? There are lots of differences, lots of pros and cons, as with anything. I think in my experience, I was very fortunate, really. In my experience in the NHS, you know, you've got lots of great teamwork. Everybody's there to look after people. Some really lovely personalities that just want to do their best for others. That real sense of doing something good for the community so there was there was that like real community culture to yeah. it um in the corporate world for me i really liked that i had more opportunities to maybe bring myself to work so have more ideas and kind of go outside of the box a little bit so that was my experience of of each of those so now i get to bring both of those together ideally and have this world whereby i can work with communities hopefully do the right thing for people but also bring my own authentic stamp to it which hopefully people quite enjoy. Now, you may not remember this, but I think I possibly met you at one of your very first networking events yes. as, a, as a, a self-employed or a, an independent business person. That's right. That was at uh, one of the NatWest Boost events. Yeah, you do was. remember it. I do remember, of course. How could I forget meeting you, Matt? <laughs> you will say all the right things. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, and I was really excited for you. And at that time, I was already thinking about who needs instructions and what I wanted to do. Um, so I've always wanted to kind of, you know, pick your brains, if you like. And this is really selfish and, and wonderful opportunity to do that. So in terms of, I'm going to dive straight in the deep end. So in terms of positive psychology, this is conversations I've had with other people before. But I'm all about positivity. I think it's a great thing. But if someone has got sort of some underlying negativity, do you not have to kind of deal with that first before you can kind of come in with the positivity? Not necessarily. Okay. There are definitely benefits. If that's what works best for you, then of course run with that. Some people really like to use different models of therapy. If we're talking straight therapy, which isn't everything that I do, there isn't a lot of therapy to it now. It's more consultation, coaching and positive psychology. If you want to go to straight therapy, of course 
you've got lots of different models that people can just focus on what's going wrong, focus on the negatives, focus on the weaknesses. Personally, I don't like to live my life that way. So positive psychology is very much about focusing on strengths and your good life, your best version of you, and what you want to enhance. In my view, what I truly believe is if you focus more on those things, then the negatives fall by the wayside by default, okay. because you're filling your world, your brain, and your life with all of this great stuff. Yeah. So the other stuff doesn't have as much space to fill. Even if you think about, I won't go into the brain too much, but I'm a bit of a brain geek, as you probably know. If you think about this neurologically, there's only so many thoughts, there are only so many thoughts you can have. Yeah. So if you're having more positive thoughts and you're training those positive pathways, then you're pushing the negativity out. Now, I'm not saying that negativity doesn't need dealing with, I'm not saying that at all, sure. but there's a time and a place for both of those things. Now, I won't argue with that at all, because I'm completely on your wavelength. I agree with that. But for the people that would would challenge you on that, yeah. um, you know, if there is, you know, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think I've got any issues in the background to have to deal with, so I'm very fortunate with that. But if someone has that issue in the background, by being overly positive, they are potentially masking something? Well, first of all, you're very fortunate if you don't have any issues in the background, because I think most of us do, and I'll include myself in that. I mean, I, I haven't gone through life plain sailing I'm not saying I'm happy all the time I am certainly not positive all the time it isn't about masking negativity at all it's about giving the negative emotions their space so mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of giving negative emotions center stage but for a period of time right so they're allowed their moment mm -hmm. but then they've shone they've taught me what they need to teach me they've had their say and I might learn from that and I might need to do some work on that but for the majority of time, I want to fill my life with the good stuff. That's the way I want to live. So that's what it's all about in my mind. So it's certainly not masking. And if there's something really important, of course, that needs dealing with. Mm. But it really is up to the individual. I don't think there's any benefit in just focusing on weakness for the sake of, I've got a weakness, so I need to make that a strength. I think, yeah. no, you've got enough strength, so we can focus on those, and the weaknesses don't matter so much. Excellent. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, as I say, you don't have to sell it to me, but you know, if, for, for those people who are potentially in a bad place, yeah. and all, you know, I, you know, I'm very much if I'm thinking positive thoughts, then positive things are going to happen yeah. to me. But I know if I'm dwelling and, and, and eating myself up inside, it's going to fulfil. It's going to bring about other things as well. Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you a very short story if that's okay. Please do. So I, we've all had breakups. I had a breakup many many years ago, and I went to see a friend about it, and I was really quite sad obviously and he said what are you going to do now and I said I'm going to fill my time I'm going to see friends I'm going to do lots of things I'm going to distract myself with activities and he said well you could just go home and mope for a while and I thought he's a wise chap this friend of mine so I went home and I, I decided to mope and I let all these difficult feelings come through and I was in my pajamas I thought I'll watch sad films I'll listen to sad songs I'll really let this mope have its center stage okay. and I got over that quicker than I think I would have done otherwise because I allowed the negativity in for a period of time yeah and then I went back to doing the things I loved and, and being more optimistic and hopeful and I, again <laughs> I can see that that makes sense to me completely but you've got some guy, and I, you know, specifically talking about men in this situation because the podcast is aimed at men, although it deals with all kinds of different things. But you know, for for a guy who, and I, my audience, I see it as being everybody, and and that's, uh, you know, I used to think right, this is going to be about middle aged men, but I know some guys in the late twenties who need to open up more, who need to be a bit more vulnerable, who need to talk. 
So that's why I see it as a, a, a huge sort of, well, that 50% of the population is my audience, basically. Mm. Um, and, and for those guys who are just stuck in that rut at home, um, and that may be on their own, it, with a partner, or, or whatever that situation is, what are the sort of things that you could suggest? And I know this is tricky because we're not dealing with one particular person, but you yeah. know, how, how can people make themselves happy? That is a really tricky question it's a big for question. everybody. I'm Only sorry. because no, it's fine. It's a really good question because I can't tell you how to be happy, mm-hmm. but I can tell you how to change your brain chemistry, and I can teach you how to find things that make you yourself happy. You you know what makes you happy. So you're right. It's an individual thing. But what I would say is, people need to be authentic. And I love the, the fact that you just used the word vulnerability mm-hmm. because if we're accessing our vulnerability and what's actually going on for us we're being authentic and honest with ourselves and we this sounds really woolly now and I'm really aware that you've got this female psychologist on a podcast that men are listening to but just allow me this for a second so just imagine that you could let the universe decide what's going to happen to you in those moments where you have no idea what to do for yourself Mm -hmm. so if you just let things be go with the motions of how you're feeling go with your emotions and let it all just happen. So it's about mindfulness, it's about being in the moment, it's about acceptance is huge for me. I think in my life, when I allowed myself to accept what was actually happening, whether it was the good, the bad, and the ugly, you move through it. And letting the universe decide for me is just see what comes up, see what rises to the surface, see what bubbles up and see how it settles. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of forcing of happiness that doesn't really need to happen. It's not about that. I can't tell you how to be happy, but I can help you to find your authenticness or help you to accept the world as it is or help you to think of it differently or whatever it might be. And yeah, think about those happy hormones. We can do things that we all know what makes us feel good. So doing more of that will have an impact neurologically. But at the end of the day, I think we need to accept where we're at and kind of go through the motions and then see see what comes out of that. Again, makes perfect sense to me um, because... I put a post out recently on LinkedIn, which has just been about, well, I'm trying new things because I, I, I thought I was happy. I think I've generally been through life and I've been fairly happy and I'm very lucky for that. But what other things I've been trying have made me happier. And you just use the word woolly. And I love that, you know, a bit bit light, bit fluffy, bit hippie-ish, whatever you want to be. And I'm being a bit more woolly in my life. Um, but I'm doing that publicly because I want to show to guys that actually that's okay you know we can show yeah. if you like our feminine side a bit more I don't know if that's the right phrase to use but you know yeah I agree <laughs> and, and so you know that that sort of things and, and I've tried cold water swimming you know I'm doing a lot of meditation I journal all of these things about two years ago if I had have been doing them with the mindset that I had back then I probably wouldn't have told anybody about mm. it I, and I've been doing them and I've been but by doing these things for me, it feels like, oh, okay, well, that makes me feel great, so I want to tell other people about this, no matter what their reaction is, yeah. um, because I think it helps me. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really a question, but I'm going to get onto a question. I mean, yeah, great. Vicky's, oh, great. Vicky's nodding at me in agreement. Yeah, with me. I am. I absolutely am. <laughs> so what I'm having a lot of conversations with people at the moment, and it's based around... Um, you know, I, I, if I'm, you know, I'm not going to start meditating, and then that's 
all that I do. That's going to be the yeah. sole purpose in my life. And I'm going to wear a schmock and I'm going to be a hippie <laughs> and I'm going to burn joysticks and that sort of stuff. So that's not what I'm telling people that they should do. But I think the things that are making me happy are trying different things. Um, and then you need to try these things, find out what makes you happy, yeah. and continue to do the things that make you happy. It seems very obvious to me, but again, I think you're agreeing. It, it kind of is obvious, but positive psychology isn't rocket science. That's okay. why it's, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's easy, simple, accessible things that you can put into your day all of the time that make you feel just that little bit better. So all we're talking here, Matt, is if you have a scale of 1 to 10, and every morning you rate yourself on that scale, how am I doing today? And you realise that you're going down in that scale to a lower number, which mm. is not feeling as great as you were in the previous days, then just inject some positive activities or positive thoughts or affirmations or get in touch with somebody or go for a run or do some meditation or burn some joysticks, if that's what you like. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's that's what this is about. And then you might just nudge yourself back up or you give yourself a bit of a, a neurological boost, that happy hormone chemical boost. There are so many things that you can do, but we all know what those things are. We just often get very stressed and bogged down in the day-to-day -day of whether it's work, relationships, commitments, whatever it might be, and we don't give ourselves that time. And that is so vital to just have that time, and it can be a couple of minutes a couple mm. of times a day, and it can have make all the difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trying to find the things and trying to find the time to do those things um, you know, I'm very lucky. I don't have any other drain on my resources, if you like. And that sounds like a horrible phrase to say, but, <laughs> but there's there's no other people in my life that I, that are reliant on me on a day to day basis. Mm. So I can be really, and I'm going to use the word selfish. I know it's not the right word, but mm. you know, I can look after myself. Yeah. So I can wake up in the morning. I can be very aware that put my feet on the floor. And again, through different guests I've had on the podcast, they've suggested things that they do their morning routines. And uh, there was Andy Taylor came on fairly recently and he said, I get my eyes on first light. And I literally open my window and try and see if I can see the sun. Mm. Now, at this time of the year, it's getting dark. I'm going to see that less often. Yeah. But just kind of getting outside and I will always open the window and kind of take some deep breaths. Um, again, sounds really hippie-ish. Yeah. And if you're lying in bed with your partner next to you, I probably would find that quite awkward for yeah. me to do. Yeah. So... The thing I think that, it, and, and again, I'm focusing on, on men on this one, is that we need to find a little bit of time in our day to look after ourselves. Absolutely. So we can be better for the people that are around us. Yeah. What sort of things would, are generally the things that you would suggest for people when they, you know, they can find that time? What sort of things would, would you suggest that they could be doing with that time? Yeah, so there are lots of things again. So, for example, I would bookend your day. So what that means is you would start and end your day with something that hasn't got anything to do with anything you have to do. Okay. So we have to do work, we have to do family commitments, we have to do looking after, what, like you say, people that are reliant on you, like children or whoever it might be, colleagues, yeah. whatever, teams, um, clean the house, do the chores, all of that. So step away from what you have to do. You've got a day to do that, but bookend your day. So you start the day with ideally half an hour but I know that that's not possible for everybody so two minutes if that's all you have right and then end the day in, this, in a different way but do something that's completely completely outside of your need to do so it could be just step outside and just okay. take some breaths it could be open the window and listen to the birds it could be put on your favorite track and dance around for a few minutes it could be 
phone somebody for a couple of minutes and just tell them what they mean to you. It could be send a text, send a funny gift to a friend, read a chapter of a book, make a cup of coffee, listen to the coffee machine, smell the coffee, sit down in a cosy corner, in the dark if you like, watch the sunrise, do whatever you want to do, but make sure that when you wake up, the first thing you do isn't to-do list, task list, chores, work, sure. jobs, people, anything. It's just you mm-hmm. because you're a human in this world and you really, really need that time. And I think before we get into our later years and committed with lots of different things, we have a bit more of that headspace to be able to think about ourselves. Yeah. Not necessarily, all individual. But we lose that and we need to try and maintain that. You're absolutely right. But it could be doing anything as long as it is switching off. Now, excuse my naivety because I'm new to this, but would you describe that activity generally as mindfulness? Um, It can be. There's another term that I really like that's flow. Okay. Which is, in my mind, slightly different to mindfulness. So flow is when you're so engaged in something that nothing else matters. Right and you lose all track of time, and you lose all sense of anybody else really being in the world, and that's what I'm talking about. So you'll know what kind of activities and things get you into flow. It might be a physical activity. For me, it's always been dancing, sea swimming, singing, playing the piano, it just, nothing else matters. It's just me and the music, or whatever it is that I'm doing, the, the sea. And it's when you're experiencing awe or appreciation or something like that that's that's a really they're really nice emotions to get those happy hormones going and it just switches your brain from frontal lobe cognitive to a bit more natural feeling emotional so that kind of the inner parts of the brain are getting a bit of activity flowing and that's really really healthy that's really new to me uh within the last year or two and just someone explained to me once that when you're doing the washing up if you haven't got a dishwasher that is (laughs) if you're doing the pots and pans don't do that and think about other things. Be very mindful about the activity that you're doing. And it's, it sounds daft because, you know, and I've practiced this because I thought actually that is that seems like a sensible idea. And I've been washing the pots and pans up and actually I'm thinking about the pots and pans, making sure it's nice and clean. Who made this pot? What person yeah. in what factory and that sort of stuff and got yeah. very ingrained in just that. And then I forgot about everything else, yeah. all the other cares and worries and stresses that are going on in my life for five minutes. Yeah. And I just, and again, that was explained to me as, as, as mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of being in a, in a flow. Mm-hmm. The only time I really experience that is when I do my meditations. Right. And I used to do a lot of guided meditations because I was brand new to it. So I use an app and I had this man talking to me brilliant. and it was brilliant. And that's the thing that got me into it. And I'm now able to, from what I've learned through the guided meditation, to now sit on my own and take myself to that place and just be thinking about my breath, thinking about how heavy my body is sitting in this chair or in the position I'm in, yeah. and then thinking about the you know the physical stuff. And if your brain, you catch your brain thinking about something, you've got to catch it, bring it back. Yeah. And it's that start and potential end to the day, because you talk about book ending, yeah. that might be something that my audience, I would suggest yeah. that they, they try something It might like be. So just to clarify, in case you're interested, the difference really between mindfulness and flow yeah. is that flow is slightly more challenging. So f- so the f- when you're in flow, the challenge is slightly greater than your skill level, but only just. So it's not too difficult for you to enjoy it and get into that deep sense of I'm really in the moment, right. but it's more challenging 
than just something that's very, very easy and straightforward for you. So mindfulness could become very, very easy and straightforward. So putting a new challenge in there creates a deeper sense of flow. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Sounds difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not too diff- If it becomes too difficult, yeah. then you're out of flow because it becomes stressful or sure. anxiety-provoking, and that's not what we want. No. So it's that, that kind of really nice bit in the middle whereby I call it a flow channel. Okay. So you're, you're just in that place where it's challenging enough that you're striving towards it. So this is dopamine firing. Mm-hmm. So dopamine is the reward hormone. So you're, you're striving towards something greater than what you've currently got. And so in mindfulness, it might just be taking a step up or going somewhere else to do it or doing it for longer mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, sitting in a, <laughs> a more awkward posture maybe. <laughs> right, okay. um, and then you're kind of challenging yourself just a bit more, but not so much that you find it so difficult that it becomes something that you're not enjoying anymore or finding too difficult to maintain that mindset yeah i think for someone who's never done this sort of stuff before it's really good to hear you know practically how i go about starting doing this sort of thing Mm. because it can be quite daunting you know here's me not an expert saying this is the stuff i do it feels like it works for me but it's good to hear it from the mouth of an expert to say actually here's how you do it and this will be the things this is why you're doing it and and the effect it's having on your brain and the positive effect it can have on you personally as well absolutely what makes you happy what makes me happy people Mm -hmm. making people feel good about themselves why i do the work i do but people that make me feel good about myself as well Uh, i like that interaction connection when you really connect with somebody having fun I love nature, absolutely love being outside. I would live my life outside if I could. Um, I love travel, cultures, meeting new people, going to new places, uh, moving around. I like getting stuff done. It makes me happy when I've got a to-do list checked off. (laughs) Food, lots of things. (laughs) Everything, by the sound of things. You can find happiness in the weirdest places, you really can. Yeah, I, I feel happy when... I'm feeling calm and okay and quite settled in life, no, no matter what I'm doing, whatever yeah. it is, whoever I'm around, as long as it's kind of like calm, settled. If I'm being myself, it's all that authenticity. I know this is a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but I love that people are talking about it. If I feel like I can really be myself, I'm happy. If you feel like you're editing yourself or you're having to try too hard or you're, you've got this persona that's not really you, that, that's not happiness to me. Uh, yeah again I mean I'm fed up of me saying I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more and that's you know that's what I'm hoping to get across to the audience to let you understand that you know if you are unhappy you have to make changes now I've I've got a couple of email addresses Uh, there is a point to this my personal email address the thing on the bottom of that might be a quote from Henry T Ford I don't know but it says if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got you know and it it just that makes Sorry? Sounds like Henry. It does. Yeah, I think, it, I, think it, I mean, I this, but that's who it's been attributed to so many times. But I just think it makes so much sense. And, and the fact that if you're expecting your life to change, but you're not prepared to make any changes, mm. it's a bit daft. Mm. So try some of these things that, mm. that you're talking about, or just try to. I mean, I, I've started to develop, I've very much got a morning routine. I haven't figured out my evening routine yet. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I need to spend less time on my phone. Definitely. And you're, you're, you're well, nodding your head vigorously. I don't know what your evenings are like, but I'm nodding because we all need to do that. Sure, sure. We all need to do are, that. Are you guilty of that sort of thing as yeah, well? Yeah, so, so I, wh- I feel most calm and settled when I put my evening and morning routine in place. And now, this isn't a regimented routine, sure. so it's not 
make sure you brush your teeth before you put your socks on. And, <laughs> yeah. But what I do do is my phone is never in my bedroom. Okay. So my phone lives in a different room. When I go to bed, my bedroom is for sleep. Mm-hmm. And I leave it out of the room. So when, when I wake up, I don't check my phone for at least half an hour. I do the same at night time. Okay. Devices ideally aren't in my world just before I go to sleep or when I wake up. The other thing I do is that bookending. So I'll personally do something like yoga or just stretching or stepping outside, making a tea and sitting and drinking a cup of tea, just thinking about the trees or whatever it is I can see before I even check my phone. Because as soon as you check your phone, you've got notifications from work. It might even be friends and family, which is lovely, but this mobile world is relatively new to humans Mm. and our brains aren't really designed to cope with the amount of notifications and pings and things that come into our lives and we we are allowed to have that downtime without being without being interrupted yeah by a big loud bang <laughs> as if by magic like we planned it <laughs> it's funny because i i think i have a, a a tech way of dealing with this so my phone is on night mode from 10 p.m till perfect. 7 a.m perfect but notifications still come through and then if i look at my phone I will see those notifications. Right. It just doesn't buzz or tell me or ping. I mean, it's on silent most of the time anyway. But so I, I'm half arsing it, basically. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I kind of think I'm using technology to do it. But my phone is still on my bedside table. And I know, I know I have to leave it out of the room, but I don't. Mm. So I mean, have I just got to kick my own ass and get that done? Uh, and this is applying to the audience as well. Or is there, is there, a, some, is there some kind of magic that can help us with this? In a word, yes, you do. (laughs) But there's something called intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation, right? So there's no point me telling everybody that's listening, yes, you do need to leave your phone in another room if you're not personally motivated to do that. Some people like to listen to things to send them off to sleep and it would be through an app on their phone. So, you know, they, they might want to have the phone in the room. There's got to be some way, though, that you can reduce screen time, notifications being interrupted before you go to bed so it will be different for different people if you can leave your phone out of the room it's worked wonders for me yeah because bed bedtimes for you know rest and calming down and physiologically you need to give your body that space before you go to bed it's very hard to switch off what i will say is i'll offer another tip if you don't want to leave your phone outside of the room which is to have a notepad by your bed Mm -hmm. so rather than your phone if you use phone your phone for notes or anything like that or you record messages or email yourself to remind yourself of anything put pen to paper instead it's just a bit more old-fashioned i know but it just does different things to the brain so it won't um spark some of the bits of your brain that you don't want to spark before bedtime it won't interrupt your sleepy flow and circadian Mm -hmm. rhythm so much um you want that melatonin but if you if you write something on a notepad before you go to bed then what you're doing is you're taking what's in your mind out of your working memory which is bothering you when you go to sleep and you're putting it on paper and telling your brain giving yourself the message that you can leave that till the morning so do that leave it there yeah. in the morning give yourself half an hour before you look at it and pick up your notepad use that instead of your phone see i've even bought an alarm clock um yeah just to have a clock in the bedroom so i don't need my phone because my excuse was well i need to know what time it is yeah exactly. so i even bought an alarm clock and i still bring my phone into the bedroom at night no excuses maybe you just need to kick yourself then like you said <laughs> to kick my own ass, basically. <laughs> now i just want to ask you one thing and this is something i spotted on your linkedin profile and it just sounded fascinating uh, and hopefully you don't mind sharing the story but you went to necker island 
when you were working with Virgin. <laughs> now that sounds like a, a lovely trip to go and see Mr. Branson, but there was a different reason for that, wasn't it? Do you, do you want to share that story with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was in part, it was one of the highlights of my career. Sure. How, how would it not be? I was very fortunate. I was working for Virgin at the time and my one of my old managers came to me with this opportunity. They just, on the British Virgin Islands, they just had Hurricane Irma, which was the Category 5 hurricane that decimated the island. And it was really, really traumatic for the islanders and people working and living out there. And they immediately, once they could, started a clear-up mission and they got lots of physical help. Yeah. The army was there, I believe. There were lots of people kind of trying to rebuild and recreate infrastructure and get food and water back to the islands and set up mobile phone masts and get the signal back on the islands again. And, and, and there was that big physical mission. What they didn't have was any mental health support immediately for them. Uh, so, and it was quite minimal on the islands anyway. So being a clinical psychologist and working for Virgin, I guess I was one of the people that was asked to go out there, so very, very fortunate. But I was also ready to go. So of, of all the people that were asked whether they could go, I, I managed to somehow get that position to go out there and, and work for a year, a year, work for a month in the British Virgin Islands. And my office was on Necker because they'd rebuilt some of the great house on there. So I uh, was very lucky to have an office space there. But I worked on all the islands in the community and I spent a month working uh, six days a week, 12 hours a day, just mm. to try and see as many people as possible to help them. So I was working with the Virgin staff out there, but I was also working with health professionals and some charity uh, people with charities to help them to get ideas of how to embed mental health into the islands and what they were doing for people, but also working with the island islanders and the locals and expats and all kinds of people just to help them think through what they've been through and they've been through so much it was, it was yeah. quite a quite a big a big deal for them it was, it was an amazing experience quite a tough month for you personally it was everything Matt it was amazing phenomenal out of this world pinching myself can't believe my luck spending time with Richard who's a great guy I really got on with him I thought he, wow, was, he really? was brilliant um, he very kindly invited me to various kind of activities, hiking and cycling and out on the boat and we went for, for meals and things, met his lovely wife and, um, and some other people as well. So that pinched myself moment. But also it was horrendous, it was hard, it really tasked me mentally. I was on my own out mm. there. Um, I didn't have, I guess, so much... Oh, I didn't have professional support for me, um, which was nobody's fault. It was just the way it was. It was a very last minute thing to get out there. A kind of an emergency aid, really, humanitarian aid. Um, and it was tough. It was, it was all the emotions. I felt like, am I doing a good enough job? There was imposter syndrome there. Mm. I wanted to do more. I felt guilty for having a day off a week and taking myself off and doing something. Um, it, yeah, it was... I was in an apartment that was, you know, hurricane damaged, the, the doors didn't lock, it was boarded up windows, there were cockroaches everywhere, which I can't stand, so that was a bit challenging as well, but then I was woken up by this beautiful cockerel every morning, and the, the beaches were stunning still, you can't, you can't ruin a beach, and no. the, the, the colour of the water was amazing, it was everything, it was phenomenal. Quite a range of emotions going yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you say, an amazing career opportunity, but under the most challenging conditions as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and the kind of things that people were talking to me about. I went out there thinking, 
I know, I'll read up about hurricanes and I'll be a natural disaster expert. And I went with this big folder of hurricane information. And people wanted to talk about their lives, wow. their personal lives, their families, their histories, their homes, their work. And it was just normal. Everybody's just going through normal stuff in life. We're all human going through the same things, essentially. Slightly different, slightly different timings, but we're all human going through difficult things. And what we need is an ear. We need to be heard. We need to be supported. We need to be accepted and loved for who we are. And at the end of the day, I think that's really all I did. And I'm not saying that anybody else couldn't have done it, but I was just very lucky to be there. And, and the message I want to tell the audience there is, is, you know, we need to be heard and we potentially need to listen as well. But, you know, reach out to that friend, have a chat with them and reach out because you need that time as well. You know, yeah. don't be afraid. Um, we've talked previously on the podcast about trying to find that person. Hopefully that person exists in your life, but you know, begin to kind of build those friendships with people, share situations that you think you have in common with them, you know, some, some empathy. And, and you know, you, you cannot do this life on your own. Yeah. I think that would be really tough to do this life on your own. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, another story there which is in the book actually, so I'll let you read that at some point. But I was once told by somebody that I was very close to at the time that I should do more on my own and it it hurts that sentiment and I don't agree with it. I think we need people, I think we need each other. I think that if we accept that we can be independent in being dependent on other people for some things mm. I think that's a wonderful place to be I love it when people need me I, lo I love when people come to me because they need something because I am the person that they know will help them what an honor yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that, and your face lit up when you said that as well <laughs> now the book please yes. tell us about your book it's it's free happiness yes I mean that sounds good because it's got the word free in it. <laughs> I know, yeah. And the word happy. So, yeah. you know, if you could give a, you know, if you could give a brief synopsis of what the book is about, sell it to us, please. It's about being authentic over being perfect. So it's about ditching the need to be everything and just being the best you can be, no matter what's going on. So it's about finding happiness in a world and a life that is going to throw difficulties our way. So it's very realistic. It's a conversational read. It's accessible. It's got a lot of science in there about the science of positive psychology. It's got some really quite intense personal stories from me. Um, but just to illustrate what I think I've been through and what I think a lot of people go through because we're all human and mm -hmm. essentially we're different people going through a lot of the same stuff. Um, but it's, yeah, it's got lots of hints and tips in there as well and a, and a toolkit at the end of it to live your best life. Brilliant. I mean, I, I, again, this is a, you know, a bit of a, a light bulb moment for me fairly recently is that you know we live in a fairly superficial world um, through no fault of our own it's just the way society has led us and actually trying to find happiness in the everyday things of life is just joyous and it's like you know have a swim in the sea it seems a bit bonkers it's a bit bloody cold especially if you live in the UK <laughs> but actually that swim in the sea when you're only that's the only thing you're thinking about Go for a walk, you know, mm. just, just like you say, look at a tree, watch a sunset. Mm. It all sounds very woolly and fluffy and lovely. It does, but it is, but it makes a massive difference to your brain chemistry. You right. are literally changing the chemistry of your brain in those moments if you're engaging with it. But if you're not engaging with it and it doesn't matter to you and you don't enjoy it, it won't have as big an impact. So it's got to be that intrinsic motivation. You've got to do something that is going to have an impact on you. Having said that, what you said about new experiences is great because a lot of people don't realise the impact it'll have until they try it, so it's worth having a go. Absolutely. If they want to get hold of the book, where can they get a copy from, Vicky? 
it's on Amazon at the moment, so it's Free Happiness, The Art and Science of Positivity by Dr Vicky Barnes, obviously, and yeah, it's on Amazon. And we've been talking before this about trying to get an audio version coming. Absolutely, one day. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's in the thoughts. It's in the uh, thoughts process, yeah. And a potential Kindle version as well, so an yeah. e-book coming out as well. Yeah. Um, I know it was a, a real labour of love to create the book. Yeah. Um, and that. knowing you as I do in the short time I've known you, uh, this is a book that you're, you felt you had to put out there. I'm, I'm paraphrasing you, I think. Um, it's not a book to make money, is it? No, and it won't. It, it's not about that at all. It's the time and effort that went into it. I very much doubt <laughs> I will get that, that back. And that's not never what this was about. It was a suggestion from some of my audience when I was speaking at a a conference in the Netherlands and they wanted to buy my book but I didn't have one so I set about writing a book because I like to make people happy <laughs> and I thought actually maybe maybe people will be interested maybe not and as I started writing I just kept going and then I published it and then it all just happened I say that it was it was one of the most stressful experiences publishing it as you know but yeah it's just out there and I genuinely wanted to help people nothing makes me happier than when somebody tells me that their book has had an impact on them and there's something that they've read and they're either going to change their life for the better or it's resonated in some positive way that makes me so happy whether they've paid for it or not or borrowed it from somebody else I don't mind it's, no. it's all about how it makes them feel I can tell I can tell. Brilliant. Well, I'm buying a copy. Thank you. Have you got one with you? I have. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, we'll sort that after. It's fantastic. (laughs) So glad about that. Um, Right, I always ask four questions at the end of the podcast. Um, Take these as you will. I don't like to give, unless you've listened to the podcast before, which I'm assuming you haven't, you won't know what these questions are. So that's great. So that's (laughs) fine. Um, But, you know, don't think too long and hard about them. I want, you know, an impulsive answer. Okay. To big questions. I'm ready. Uh, what do you think it takes to be a man in the 21st century? <laughs> I think it's really hard for men at the moment. I think men and women have reached this point where they've each got different difficulties because of history. And I think men at the moment are going through this time where they're wondering whether they can be themselves in a different way than is has been socially accepted. So a man in the 21st century could be anything I mean it could be anything right because yeah. it's so diverse what does that even mean now I'm, I'm wondering whether whether that's a really difficult question to answer for men as well as me as a woman that's a really that's a woolly answer for you right there I think what you just said is be yourself yeah I don't want to keep saying the word authenticity but the men I've come across in my life you know some of them they're just wildly different and that's great yeah that's great why not why not be like you say, show your feminine side or be really masculine, whatever that means. Either of those two things. Or, I don't know, just be be yourself. If you're emotional, be that. If you're not emotional, be that. But just be aware of it. And if everybody's honest and open about who they are, then they're accepted for who they are. You can't be accepted and loved for who you are if you're showing something that isn't really you. Yeah, yeah. I, again, the stuff that I'm talking about recently is, is about, you know, there is a person there that you might want to model yourself on. Don't be that person. Pick the good things that you've learned from them and put them into your own life. Yeah. You don't, you know, you can't, you, you are the best version of you you can be. No one else is you. You are unique. Yeah. Lots of cheesy phrases. Yeah, I'm sure absolutely. We've all Love before. the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. So, you know, anyway, I'm putting answers into your mouth. I'm sorry. No, no, that's great. <laughs> um, who has inspired or who's been the most influential person or people in your life? 
well, my parents, I dedicated the book to them. Without them, I wouldn't be here, obviously, but doing what I'm doing, they've supported me through and through. They're both very different characters, but they've both taught me a heck of a lot. Uh, determination, being myself, having a great gut instinct around people. I think they never pushed me into doing anything, but they supported happiness, really. They always just wanted me to be happy. Mm. And they're, I don't know, they're, they're sociable, they're kind, they're genuine people. They're both really authentic, so I really appreciate that. And in terms of other people, Brené Brown is probably my biggest famous inspiration. She's a Texan. I lived in Texas for a bit, so okay. I, love, I love Texas. But she talks about authenticity a lot. She talks about vulnerability a lot. She writes books. She's a researcher, com author, and she she's really inspiring. Excellent. Thank you. What sort of legacy would you like to leave behind? I would like to have leave a positive imprint on the world, in even if it's a tiny way. I want to leave. I want to leave this planet having improved whether it's happiness of people happiness of the planet somehow environmental human i just want to have some kind of positive impact on the world and i want to have made my mark and not leave it in a worse state than i found it in and i think that we can all do our bit for that i'm really passionate about environmental and kind of planet health as well as people health so that's my aim and i'm always trying to find new ways to do that in the work that i do in my personal life as well fantastic Right, final question. Okay. This is the one that catches everybody out. Oh, wow, okay. Pressure. Tell me your best dad joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many dad jokes in my head right now. Um, I can tell you a psychology-related one, which is a bit lame, because I'm a psychologist. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, I've no idea. It only takes one, but the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> yeah. Awful. And you're getting a high five for that thank one. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. Dr. Vicky Barnes, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you for being my first in-person podcast interview. I know. It's been an absolute joy to sit here with you. Hopefully the surroundings haven't been too distracting to the audience because uh, there's been a few bangs and crashes, but we're in a workplace. It's authentic, right? There we go. Perfect. Um, looking forward to catch up with you again soon. Looking forward to reading your book. Um, plug it one more time for us. Where can they find it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's called Free Happiness, The Art and Science of Positivity. If you search for that on Amazon, just click. It'll arrive on your doorstep, hopefully. Or you can contact me and I will show you where it is. I'll send you a link. How's the best way to get in touch with you? So my website is drvickybarnes.com. It's D-R-V-I-K-K-I-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. All my social media and email details are on there. Brilliant. Thank you again. Um, uh, yeah, just thank you for coming. It's been brilliant. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you. Thanks for listening to the Who Needs Instructions podcast. We release a new episode every week, so make sure to subscribe and we'll speak to you again soon.